JT! We're back! Here we are. It's as if no time or a hundred days have passed. I can't really tell these days. It it might be both. Is that possible? Quantum leap style? It might be. I, I have definitely been making references to things and be like, when was that? And it was actually like the same day. Right. I, I'm, like, I'm fully in that mode. It was moments ago. Moments ago. But all the same, we're very excited to have you here on episode 3.1. Um, we're giving this one a, another go. Give it's another like with an go. asterisk. Yeah, look, we'll give this one another college try for a number of reasons. Uh, but all the same, we're here. We're very excited. So, Jeremy, how are you now? Uh, I'm doing all right, my friend. I'm doing all right. The weather's continuously getting a little nicer. And, um, you know, as long as I stay close with my friends and fam and grateful for what I got, I'm feeling pretty good. That's good. That's a lot of good, good stuff to stream these days. There is a lot of good streaming. Um, I think streaming is the only way to go right now as to not watch any of the things that are happening live that make you sad. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That balance between like informed, concerned citizen and oh my goodness, it can be sad sometimes, like yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. times. Yeah, so, it feels like that a lot recently. <laughs> it does. But you know, our job here, my friend, is to, to bring a little levity to the world. Yeah, we're just going to have a good time. We're going to yeah. have a real good time. Darn right we are. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, I'm I'm jealous of you being in the Northeast because we are now in the "Hey JT, you're overweight" reminder phase of being hot, where it's like, oh boy, it's hot. It's like real hot, and not hot like, oh, I exercise and I'm a little sweaty. Hot like I'm existing and it's hard. Yeah, like, that's it, kind of it, where I moved into. I, I hear you, man. I don't even like visiting places like that at this time of the year. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a real trial, but. You know what? Same thing. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be on this, uh, to be talking to our friends again, being wingmen for folks. And uh, I'm very excited about the thing we love this week. Jeremy, what's the thing we love this week? It's a very exciting thing to love. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a young man on the YouTubes. And what this fine fellow does is he takes really popular songs, uh, not just present songs, but over, over the years. And he makes cover versions, but they're not just normal covers like many, many cover artists do. He'll take a regular song, break it up into 10 second increments, and each 10 seconds is a different musical act performing that song. And of course, the, the, the YouTube series we're talking about is called 10 Second Songs. JT, tell, tell us about Mr. Vincent, because I know you know a lot more of the backstory on this guy. Yeah, so Anthony Vincent has, uh, he's got like a really cool sort of Chris Cornell vibe to him. Um, his voice is completely out of control. He definitely looks like he just jumped onto the scene in like Seattle circa 1994. Um, his he's missing range, the flannels though. He's missing flannels. Yeah, he, so he has like a fun, like if Chris Cornell was also Ralph Macchio, like I'm not <laughs> sure, like there's a lot of gold chains. He wears a lot, a lot of tank tops. Um, but he's got like long, flowy, curly hair and like a devilish smile with this fun little wispy mustache. Uh, but what is not to be missed about him is he is incredibly talented. Insanely uh, talented. Yeah. And far beyond just being able to do vocals. Like he also is a musician extraordinaire. He plays organ and he plays keyboard and he plays probably the accordion. I don't know. Um, but it's, he has that feel of if you have an instrument in your house and he showed up, he's probably good at it. He just kind of has that vibe. Yeah. And the crazy thing about him, if you'll watch his, his series, his performances 
also kind of stand up when he's covering a song he'll do a lot of like uh, uh like facial patterns and, and gestures and whatnot and all of a sudden he transforms himself from like character to character uh it's really fun to watch it, it in a way you know you're there you're watching and you're like this guy might be crazy oh no no he's actually performing right yeah. it's great He's also good because he also understands the edit, right? Like he'll do, if you're like, he puts Easter eggs in all his little videos. So like all of a sudden there'll just be like a puppet that moves around in the background for no reason, or he'll just have like really random flash animation for a second. Like he clearly gets the YouTubes, like he's good at yes. YouTubes. Um, but also not to be lost in this is that like, he's, he's super talented, man. Like he's a super talented cat and he's a lot of fun to listen to. So we've got the we got the link in the newsletter this week. Um, for me, a couple of his favorites. If you got to pick one or two to check out, uh, he does. I think he's most well known for Bohemian Rhapsody, which, which is great. I love the Enter Sandman one because um, it's 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 one of my favorite songs, and just the different takes he he has with it is great. And uh, I also can't really complain about him rickrolling us all because. You know, sometimes you got to get a good Rickroll in there and, and he does it like like one of the best. Yeah, the Rickroll is good. Um, my my favorite one for sure, my favorite like whole series one, because he does like a bunch of different versions of it. Um, when he did George Michael's Careless Whisper was brilliant. <laughs> um, but specifically, he did Freak on a Leash, which is like, the you know, I don't know that it was one of Korn's better songs. Also, Korn's one of those bands I forgot existed until I saw it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, Korn. Like Jonathan Davies with the whole thing. Yeah, um, I, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fess up. I'm one of those guys that I'm like, I know that Corn is a band, and there's a K in it, and that's right. about as far as I go. I don't, I, I don't profess it. to be a a musical lexicon. I don't know, that's not the word. <laughs> Whatever it might be, that's not me. Yeah. My my musical taste got frozen in the '90s, unfortunately, and you know, I, well, I'm Anthony, okay with it. it. Makes me Anthony, happy. Anthony Vincent's your guy then, because he does a lot of '90s <laughs> stuff. Damn um, right. But, he did a really cool version of Korn's Freak on a Leash um, where he did it in the style of B.B. King, which was just like a really sort of like, it's a very dope take on a pretty pedestrian sort of whatever song, but it's like a really fun version. Uh, That's awesome. He's just, a, he's a lot of fun, man. Like I think of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a whole subculture on YouTube of like voice teachers reacting to people singing. Like it's like a wormhole. And one of the coolest things that I've seen with him is there's other voice actors responding to him responding to songs <laughs> like it's like that's the third trip in inception for him <laughs> um but like all the other like the way you know he's dope is like all these other people who are also youtube's peoples are like huge fans of his they're just like oh this dude's a monster it's incredible that he can do that with his voice um which is fun which leads us into our top five which uh i am very excited for um because i am um, music is like, I'm a huge nerd for music. So I, I went so deep and so hard at this particular top five and I can't wait to share. Uh, but this week we're going to do the top five interesting covers. So, Ooh, right, so what that, what that means is first of all, covers are the best. Uh, second of all, interesting is the important word here. So the, the goal is not to just like your favorite covers, but the goal was like, things that made you go, oh man, this is like cool. Or I didn't even know, like, you know, something that just brought your attention to it beyond the fact that it's just music. Now, um, DT, are, are you going to be disappointed in me when I tell you that I'm just not a good enough music nerd to have done that? And I kind of sort of did some of my favorites. The things I appreciate about you the most, Jeremy, <laughs> is that I knew that's exactly what you used to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I try, I mean, it's not like I didn't want to, 
I I kind of I'm I just I just couldn't quite figure out how to find the most interesting ones. But I will say I think I did find some. You know, I'm not going to go with like genre breaking, but I, I I think I got some okay ones in there. Yeah, I, I'm sure you did fine. And again, the beauty of this, as as was so woefully evident in the last one, is that we're going to approach these lists differently. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you were really thoughtful and like beautifully curated this list of things that make your life more fulfilling. And I was like, do you guys know what to do with bread ties? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I, I have my box ready for the, the, the toilet paper tube thing for the uh, electric cable. So that's a weekend project on the list already. See, at least uh, we're just, we're making small differences in the world, like one person at a time, Jer. I love it. Uh, so we're going to do something similar this week that we did the first week, which I think we will forever just now refer to as the Shawshank rule, which is there's going to be some stuff that just feels like it should be on some of these lists, but it's just, we're just going to acknowledge immediately that it could be on the list, but we're not going to put it on there. And for this week, right. we're going to do basically the entire Johnny Cash American for the man comes around album. Because I think there's like four different songs on that that very easily could fold into this somehow. And we're just going to not include them because he's great and there's no reason we couldn't. But he did Hurt. He did Bridge Over Troubled Water. He did Personal Jesus. He did In My Life. <laughs> like, it's just, a, it's an album of covers from one of the most influential and interesting people in U.S. music history. So, like... Asterix, acknowledgement, Johnny Cash, you're a legend. Uh, I would have gone with Hurt. Jeremy, which, what would have yours been if you picked one? Uh, I was going to go with Hurt. I, it's funny because my first version of the list, I started actually with Hurt. And actually, while while listening to it again, I noticed Personal Jesus in the sound in the, in the album list, put that one back on. And, and that actually, I think, was my favorite of that album. But it, 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 I, I got to say, I can, I can go the whole album. I got, it's I, so good. Well, Personal good. Jesus, so... Side note, uh, Marilyn Manson's cover of Personal Jesus is my favorite Personal Jesus cover, of which there are many. Um, but I think uh, how movies affect music often is always something I think is interesting. And like in this particular one, the outro of uh, Wolverine, the, the most recent Wolverine movie, which now Logan? I can't remember the name of, Logan, where they do The Man Comes Around, changed that song for me forever. And that was a song I was like already a big fan of. Well, uh, yeah, you. I mean, it's so easy to to trap the two together, right? Like you hear the song while watching a certain thing, and that, that that's all that is. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. That that particular like, I love when people can use music. I mean, Zach Braff famously, right? Like the Golden, uh, the why well, can't not Golden State, Garden State, Garden State. I was like, what am I? Yeah, I miss sports really bad. Apparently, <laughs> uh, the Garden State soundtrack is a cover to cover. Like I can right. listen to that whole album, and it's it's yeah. That Shin brilliant. song, that Shin song, it, like that comes on. If that comes on on one of my plays, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch Garden State again. Yeah, not gonna watch oh, Garden State. Why not? So uh, right. who's who's on the list today? Is it me or you, buddy? Jeremy, I think you you take it away, bud. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with uh, my my safest pick first, and it and it's a double pick because uh, I did try to follow the rules here. So uh, in this pick, it's two different acoustic covers uh, where it's the same artist performing their own song, but I pick them because in both cases I think they took the song to a better place than the original. And so those two renditions are Foo Fighters slash Dave Grohl doing Everlong, uh, in particular the first time he did it live on Stern. And then uh, the second one, funny enough that you say Zach Braff, is Colin Hay doing Overkill by Man at Work, 
which wasn't a great sequence on the show Scrubs, starring Mr. Zach Braff. There you so, go. Uh, Overkill and Everlong. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to break our rules all the time because that's what rules are for. Yeah, I think that's uh, those are those are perfect. I love that they they count as one. I'm a fan of that. Uh, I, I actually really like Colin Hay. I think Colin Hay has got like a cool. He just sort of has like a cool vibe. Like he's a dude that I feel like would would just saunter into a coffee shop and be good. Like he would just play all the things, and you'd be like, yeah, I like all, I like everything he's doing. And Dave Grohl is Dave Grohl. Like he's he is the closest thing to rock royalty that we have in our generation. And I think it's not close. I think he just is rock royalty for a number of reasons. Yeah. Well, by the way, and I know you have seen it, but any of our listeners need another fun thing to YouTube. Go find any any uh, go to YouTube and look for Dave Grohl or Foo Fighters pulling audience members onto stage yeah. to join them to play their own songs. And they're some of the best videos I've yeah. ever seen. It's actually I, a really fun rabbit hole in general. Like there's some great stuff. Like if you just look at uh, people pulling people in, there's a, a, a wonderful Michael Buble clip. Uh, like I think uh, Jojo has one. There's a really interesting one uh, with uh, Rihanna. <laughs> like there's, that's, that's a, that's a rabbit hole for sure. Court, you know, Courtney Cox made a career out of that. Did you know this really? trivia? Courtney no. Cox from Friends was discovered by being pulled oh. on stage during Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, I did know that. Yeah, she's in the video. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's how great. she got her career. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, what's your pick, buddy? All right, number one, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come in hot out of the gates. So Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. How's that a cover? So it's actually originally a Prince song, uh, but it's not actually a Prince song. It's actually a song by the family of which Prince was in, which did one album in 1985. Um, it wasn't a single. It got no airplay. Like it's not a thing that but Prince had a lot of Prince projects. Like he was Prince. Right. So he did a bunch of, of like random stuff. This is one of those things that he did. The reason I think this one is so interesting, though, is he released this song in 1985. Sinead O'Connor released it in January 8th of 1990. It like like this was her song, right? Like this is the thing that got her to be the person that got to go on Saturday night live and rip the picture of the Pope up and get in trouble. Like this, this, this was her, her, this was her torn. Exactly. This was like, Oh, Natalie Imbruglia. Um, But what I love about this, the reason it's so interesting is Prince hated the cover. Really? <laughs> he hated it. Uh, apparently he hated it so much that he called her, he summoned her to her, to his house in Minnesota like not telling her that it was going to be a bad thing. And the second she got there, like laid into him or, or she, uh, he laid into her rather and was like, you can't like you act a fool on TV. You, like this is a horrible rendition of this song. That's not what this song was about. And according to her unsubstantiated by Prince's people, but according to Sinead O'Connor, like they got into a physical altercation with which she said, he packs a, a stronger punch than me. Oh and my. That, forever makes this song so much more interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go do some Googling after this. I, I knew he wrote the song, but yeah. I didn't know all the rest of it. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a wild, a wild trip down. Uh, like you want to talk about like fun eighties, nineties, right? Prince was at the peak of it and Sinead had a nice little moment there. It also changed the way videos were made forever. That, that song. So I think that's cool. But yeah, that's number my number one. Jared, what's your number two? Number two. Um, I think this probably goes along with what you were saying earlier about how um, how sometimes content and and a movie or or some other experience can can make a story. Uh, so mine is uh, Michael Andrews' cover of Mad World, originally mm -hmm. by Tears for Fears. And for anyone who's seen Donnie Darko, 
it's uh, I think it's used a couple of times in the movie actually. Um, but I just love the, this is this to me is sort of that genre bending where they where it takes basically a pop song and turns it into this deep dark brooding like I, I, it comes on and like I, I can never tell like do I actually want to hear it right now or not because it's just so heavy but it's so beautiful and he and he really just takes it in a way that to me that's now Mad World yeah so it's funny so that's the one that I always think of honestly is um is Gary Jules right Tears for Fears. Right, right. But that is that him though. So is that is he from Tears for Fears? I don't know if he is Tears or if he is Fears, but you but know he is either Tears or Fears. Yeah, he's like the hoodie of Tears for Fears. Oh, nice. Okay, so actually, I think I, I today I learned. I think I didn't know that he was a member of Tears for Fears. I just think of him as being a standalone artist who had one song. No, but I could be wrong technically because I didn't actually do that. But I'm pretty confident he's Tears for Fears. I love it. That's great. I also love, I do, I love that version. Donnie Darko <clears throat> obviously was a movie. I think a lot of people got turned on to a lot of things, including tiny Jake Gyllenhaal, who apparently is not over six foot. Let, let's flag this, by the way. I didn't know that about tiny Jake. Um, let's flag this because I think an interesting topic for a future list is top five movies where the director's cut makes them pronounce pr- profoundly worse. And this Ooh. is, this is definitely not a better director's cut. It's way no, too much. That's sliding into it. That's sliding into that into that top five. I think pretty pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your turn. Number two. All right. Number two. Uh, so because we already mentioned the rock royalty that is Dave Grohl, let's talk about Dave Grohl. Um, but indirectly, let's actually talk about Nirvana. So uh, very famously, probably the greatest. Uh, I would argue it's the greatest unplugged of all time, which was a great series on, on MTV forever ago when when MTV played music. Uh, was uh, the last song they did in that performance was Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Uh, So what's really cool, aside from the fact that it's a haunting performance because it's like one of the last live performances that that he did, um, they released that particular song. They recorded it in November of 1993. It was released in 94 of November and he died. Obviously, Kurt Cobain died on April 8th of 1994. So this is oh. like kind of was like his going away present. Like this is the last like recorded serious performance. It wasn't his last actual performance. He did like a couple of other shows. But what's cool about this is it was originally by a guy named Lead Belly. And if you're like really into music, Lead Belly, whose real name was Huddy William Ledbetter, um, is like sort of a unknown hero of, of rock and folk music. Um, he was a black guy who played like really, really like super intense, bluesy, folky music in a time when that wasn't really a thing. Uh, So you're going like back into the like late thirties, early forties. He was sort of this like very polarizing, very different cat. He had a really weird background. He went to jail a bunch of times. He got released from jail a bunch of times and went back to jail a bunch of times. Um, He wound up having like resident sets in Washington, DC in the 1940s, which for the time was not a thing that happened for most black artists. Um, George Harrison, one of the coolest things is George Harrison is quoted as saying that if there was no Lead Belly, there'd be no Donegan. And if there was no Donegan, there'd be no Beatles. So no Lead Belly, no Beatles. Like that's the kind of impact this guy had. Uh, and, you know, I, uh, Kurt Cobain did a really cool thing covering a song of his and he did a, a beautiful job. I I, first of all, I love that story, but I kind of want to see now the sliding doors equivalent of Ringo Starr's life with the, <laughs> just, uh, you know. Uh, Carpenter? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what, yeah, what, what, like, yeah, what happened? Like Lennon probably turns into Lennon anyway, but like what yeah. happens to Ringo? <laughs> no, every, all through the other three, they, they are musicians 
And then yeah. there's Ringo. Uh, George Harrison, by the way, super underappreciated musician. But yes. All right. Number three, Jared, what do you got? All right. Now I'm going into a bit of a weird space. Um, I, I don't know who's heard of these guys because they, they actually have a huge following in a way. But there's a group called the Vitamin String Quartet. And they play string instruments, uh, mostly violins. I think there might be a cello and a viola or something in there. Um, and what they do is they cover, again, mainstream songs from all sorts of genres and, and decades. But what, they're, what they attempt to do is use the string instruments to not just recreate the melody, but everything else as well, basically recreating uh, percussion, voices, etc. So don't get me wrong, you're not hearing a, like a sung words, but it sounds so close to the original song um, that that it's just fun to listen to if, if you like that kind of thing. And their cover of Viva La Vida, which is one of my favorite songs, is a guaranteed happy place for me. So uh, mm. I like to listen to them. Uh, I also would put like the two cellos guys in the same mix. Like, yeah. It's that, um, you know, just fun takes on stuff. What's the, and uh, uh, Lindsey Sterling. Lindsey Sterling is yes. the violinist who does lots of cool stuff. Yeah, I'm a sucker for like sings, like anytime there's a string or piano in something, I'm like, I like this song, basically regardless of what it is, especially you know, it's if funny, it's like multiple strings. It's funny you say that. Anytime there's, especially like pop music that somehow brings in orchestral components, like even if I don't like the genre, the singer, the song, whatever, all of a sudden I'll be like, okay, I'll listen to that. Well, you brought up Metallica earlier because of Enter Sandman. And like, so I was not and still am not a huge Metallica fan. I don't have, I don't have like a, oh, I hate Lars Ulrich thing. I don't care. I just wasn't like a big Metallica guy. I went more into the Seattle grunge than I did into the rock thing. Mm -hmm. But their one album where it's all with, I think it was the San Francisco Orchestra or whatever it is. Yeah. I'll listen to that cover to cover. It's like great. it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's great. There's a there's also a symphonic version of Sgt. Pepper's that's that's worth checking out. You can find it on Spotify. Oh, interesting. Pretty good. All right, you cool. you sir, let's hear what's All right. next. So number three, uh, I'm gonna stick with a theme here, which was somewhat unintentional, but it's okay. Uh, so this actually was another MTV Unplugged. Oh. Um, yeah, but this one uh, very different and a lot lot later. Actually, uh, ten years later. So uh, on July 4th, 2005, Alicia Keys recorded her Unplugged. Um, it's a great Unplugged. Alicia Keys, obviously super talented. Um, what's cool about this one is she recorded it like as an album, which was kind of neat. Okay. Um, specifically, though, she does a cover with Baby Adam Levine. So they were famous, but not like aggressively famous. They only had like the one album, which was Songs About Jane, which I think had um, This Love and Harder to Breathe were the only two like songs they had for hits. Uh, but they do a cover of Wild Horses. Oh. So Wild Horses, originally recorded by the Rolling Stones in 1970 and released in 1971. Uh, what's cool about Wild Horses, though, from a Rolling Stones standpoint, uh, is, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with the B-side, which is always the other side of the album. Um, it was a B-side to uh, an album called Sway, or to a, a song called Sway. And so Sway was like a thing that the Rolling Stones really got behind. They actually had a ton of promotion around it. They created swag for it back in 1971, and they thought it was going to be a big hit. Uh, and then somebody flipped the album over and just played the B-side of that, which happened to be Wild Horses, and it's now one of their most recognizable songs. And then Alicia Keys did it. And what's really cool about, aside from the fact that it's a beautiful cover of basically just her on piano and Adam on acoustic guitar, and she's taking the low parts and he takes the high part, which I'm a sucker anytime that there's that sort of flip between men and women when the men go high and the women go low. I always think that's really cool. 
Um, but what's really cool about it is that Alicia Keys in this album actually was nominated for four Grammys. <laughs> oh my. So like it's, it was a, it's a real moment in time when, you know, Adam Levine hadn't figured out he was Adam Levine yet. So there's still like a little bit of like humbleness and cuteness to him. And Alicia Keys was already Alicia Keys and they cover this incredible song. And it's uh it's just, a, it's a beautiful rendition and a really fun thing because they did it live. I love that. Was uh was he wearing a shirt in that performance? So this is like I think he might have had very few to no tattoos. He's wearing cargo jeans, I think. Like he was <laughs> this was way before somebody was like, "Hey bro, you're Adam Levine." Like right. it's before that happened. <laughs> you know, that person and my I I have to have a hunch that that was Matthew McConaughey. I I assume it's either him or like one of the one of that other group where it was like Hopefully. either yeah, well, I would th- I would think it was like DiCaprio or Tobey Maguire or somebody slid in like, hey, bro, you could be weirder. <laughs> no, but like McConaughey would have been the guy to be like, hey, listen, um, you know, the music industry doesn't have a me where you just take your shirt off for no good reason. So why don't you be that guy? Yeah. All right. I need All you right. but with less shirt, man. <laughs> All yeah, right, a little bit cooler you if you did. I got that. I said that wrong. Um, All right. I'm going to move on to number four and I'm tossing up which one I, I want to do here. I've uh, Because again, these aren't in the specific order, but I'm going to go with the, the weirdest one for fourth. And that is, and, and you guys all know this group, the, um, you know, the, uh, the old, uh, Avihu Pinchasa rhythm club, right? Everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Band? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is an Israeli band and they cover sweet child of mine by guns and roses. And I have to say two things. First, I like it from a bit of a personal journey because I happened to be in a bar in Israel and I was talking to a friend and all of a sudden I'm like looking up saying, wait a sec, is that like a sweet child of mine by, I don't know, a weird mix of gypsies, native folk <laughs> artists and someone playing a bongo or something. And we listen, we're like that. Yeah, that, that sounds like what that is. And Shazam, Shazam helped me out find out what it is. It is such a fun cover of that song. Because first of all, Sweet Child of Mine is a great song. Great song. What I love about this version is it it turns it into like this fun, boppy, like um, something you might play like like on the beach or something. I don't know. It's And it, again, you'll notice my theme is things that make these songs more fun. Well, except for Mad World, that was more sad. So there's no theme. But uh, <laughs> great cover. I recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun. So this one... Uh... So I didn't know this, but Jeremy has played this for me outside of this list. And it is, it's everything. Like it sounds like the Jimmy Fallon thing where they play with kids instruments. It sounds like there's a hundred people there. It sounds like it might be one of those things that you hear in a Chinese buffet where they're clearly playing like 1990s pop music, but in a completely different style. It is (laughs) so fascinating. Like it's the best, like everything about this. If you don't smile when this song comes on, you're dead inside. Nailed it. Nailed yeah, it. That, it's so uh, good. Yeah, I, I figured you'd guess I was putting this one on the list, but uh, it's so, so good. good. It's just such a joyous thing for, it's just so joyous. Like, it's just like, I, I just feel like they had to have the most fun making that version. And I, I feel like they probably still enjoy playing it live all the time, which I love. That's a great, that, that's a sign of a great song. Cool. Number four. Okay. So this one um, is shrouded in music lore and controversy, which makes me love it so much. Uh, Do so, tell. <laughs> uh, so in the early 1970s, uh, a guy named Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel 
in collaboration with a woman named Lori Lieberman, wrote a song. Lieberman went, none of those people ring a bell to anybody, by the way. Uh, Lieberman went and saw a Don McLean McLean concert and was so inspired by the concert that she left and on the drive home where she was sitting in traffic leaving, the story goes, she wrote an entire song about how amazing this was, how, how amazing this concert was. Then... Uh, it got released. Nobody really heard it. No one knew what it was. Wasn't a big deal. So it wound up just being like one of those, it gets played on airplanes. So back in the day, you could cycle through records on airplanes. And so in, uh, 1971, Roberta Flack, who became very famous, was listening to it and heard it and immediately went, Oh my God, this song is amazing. I'm going to record this song. So that song was killing them softly. So Roberta Flack records that song. Um, before she records it, she's just trying it out and she's on stage at a Marvin Gaye concert. Marvin asks her to sing one more song. She's like, I'm working on one. He's like, yeah, whatever. Just, I need you to fill time, sing one more song. So she goes out, she sings the song as she's walking off stage, Marvin Gaye looks at her and this is, I'm quoting this cause it's a direct quote, baby, don't ever do that song again live until you record it. And she went and recorded it the wow. next week and it became the number one song. Like it was literally the number one song. So then fast forward 25 some odd years later on May 31st of 1996, the Fugees release it as a single and it's released on the Fugees album that made the Fugees who they are. Uh, And then in 1997, it wins best R&B performance by a duo or a group at the Grammys. So this song literally went through like three iterations. It's also one of those songs that, I mean, it put the Fugees on the map, it put Lauryn Hill on the map. Um, which they've had a profound impact on music in general. It's also a song that I think a lot of people don't know was a cover because the Fugees made it such of their own. Like you just hear like the, you know, you hear Wyclef's voice. Somebody says, killing him softly. You go one time, time. you have to. Uh, So yeah, I think just the the history of that song is amazing. And you know, the Fugees were incredible. That album was like five, that whole album is listenable. So I think that's like a really cool sort of, it's also a, a, it's a tale of what not to do in the music industry, which is like, be careful because there's a bunch more like it's a deeper controversy than that as far as like ownership and who gets who who got rights when it got published and all that fun stuff, which I'll stay away from. But it's also just a dope song, actually, in all three of its recordings and all three are very different. So I'm going to have to go track down that first because I knew about the second and the third. And by the way, in like the most weirdest serendipitous thing ever. Uh, someone sent me a link this week that you can put in your birthday and find like what was the number one song on when you were born and the number one song when i was born was miss roberta flack killing me softly Killing softly, so, yeah. how about that <laughs> amazing this is crazy all right uh i love that story number five on my end uh this goes into the category of things nobody's ever heard of so just you know just blank your mind for a moment uh there's there's a i i think celtish don't quote me on that I've been wrong a lot already on this podcast. Um, so there's a group. I don't even know if there's still a group. I don't know if they only did this one song. I have no idea because I don't I don't have the encyclopedic thing like you do with music. But there's a, a, a group called Lick the Tins uh, that covered a song called Can't Help Fallen in Love uh, and put, um, put it on the soundtrack for the movie Some Kind of Wonderful from the mid 80s. And I don't... I, I don't know where it kind of re-entered my adult life, but I heard it at some point and it's basically been in my, you know, happy music, best covers playlist ever since. 
it's, again, they're a Celtic group. It sounds like there's a child as a lead singer or someone with a very youthful voice. Don't know if it's a man or a woman. I don't know if they speak English or they're singing it phonetically like the AHA guys. I have no idea. I just know I love hearing it. It takes, uh, it ta- you know, it takes such a great song and spins it in such a fun, silly way. Uh, so um, I, I can't look for Lick the Tins. I'm pretty sure it's the only thing that'll ever come up. Um, <laughs> I think that's probably a fair assumption that if you put in lick the tins, it's only going to come up with lick the tins. <laughs> but it, it's good. It's good, man. Go check it out. No, it is. It is really good. And they are. They are a Celtic rock band. They're actually from oh. uh, London. They're from London. You know everything. I can't stop you with this. I'll get into <laughs> they other have other stuff. They've done some other stuff. Um, they had like one other. Uh, they they did another. They did a couple other covers that I can't remember. But they they they've done other things. Um, but yeah, they're fun. That was like a good. That was like a fun time when. Uh, like random Celtic music like came in. Like you just get those like random infusions of Irish culture. It's like Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance, and then it goes away. Lick the tins and then it goes right. away. <laughs> Chumba Wumba. Wait. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they both were at the same level of fame, but yeah, that's I don't think I so. Probably not. Uh, all right, close this out today. So I I mine were all sort of strategically placed in order from most like least interesting to most interesting for me personally, anyway. So the last one is the one that does get into the bending of this is definitely a top five cover for me. It, it bleeds into the top three and depending on the day might be the, my favorite cover of all time. So it, it hits a lot of notes for me personally, pun not intended, uh, as far as like things I love about music. So the song is Sound of Silence. Uh, it was originally released by Simon and Garfunkel on September 12th of 1965. Again... It was a B-side. So the actual album was We've Got a Groovy Thing Going On, which did also do relatively well. But then there was one particular station in Boston that started spinning the other side of it. And it became the the number one selling single of all of 1965 by November. So this is like a quintessential Simon and Garfunkel song. Uh, It was number one on the Hot 100. Like it was the whole deal. So on December 7th of 2015, disturbed covered it so disturbed of the i don't like my parents i wear lots of black let's get in a fist fight like sort of deal um is that like corn they're like corn but broodier (laughs) more of a brood less of a thrash if that's if that makes sense um so they recorded it and they released it on their album however i'm i'm gonna draw to this is gonna bring all of it home and this is completely unintentional but it works out so well uh, I'm going to call uh, recall one specific performance of it. So on March 29th in 2016, so this is like, you know, three and a half months after they released the album, they performed on Conan and they did it on Conan and they did it with a full orchestra behind them. They did it with none of their normal instruments. So no bass, none of that stuff. They had like those huge drums, like the big thunder drums. They had a, a beautiful string section behind them. And it was just the lead singer and his people. So David Draymond's the lead singer. Um, so that after that performance, that performance was so good that Paul Simon wrote David Draymond an, an email that said, really powerful performance on Conan the other day. It's the first time I've seen you do it live. Thanks so much for covering it. Which wow. Paul Simon, who's arguably one of, if not the greatest American songwriter of all time, reaching out to you to tell you that you nailed the cover is, is pretty B.A., uh, and then lastly, the last like sort of super nerd note, and then I, I won't be nerdy about this anymore, 
is uh so david draymond is he kind of has like a really low voice but he also has he can go five octaves which is a really big stretch and so this this whole song is performed in f minor so it's performed really low and then he'll actually like he'll push his voice all the way up to like an a5 so he goes from like an e2 to a5 it's like a really really big stretch specifically for a guy who comes in like more of a baritone and gets almost up all the way to falsetto range it's like a really neat vocal thing that he does and huh. it's incredible how how smooth his performance is. Like live, it's incredible that he doesn't crack. Um, so it, it's one of the, it's just like one of the most, it, it gives me chills thinking about it, let alone hearing it. Such a cool cover. That's great. I want to hear that one because it's A, a song I love. Uh, I love the original. Uh, I didn't even know about this cover. Uh, I got a, by the way, I got a little neat Sound of Silence trivia for you. Do you want to hear it? I do, always. The film The Graduate uh, from way back when in the 70s uh is famous to cover to use uh not cover to use simon garfunkel's music sound of silence is performed i think three four times in it maybe when they wrote the movie they actually had certain scenes play out to the beats of the song and they did it with the intent to use the song without having any other rights to it beforehand and so <laughs> they were uh, in a little bit the, of a mess the ultimate that is the ultimate assumed close <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely at that level. Uh, so I like that. Uh, by the way, it, it's funny that you mentioned Paul Simon because I one of my favorite covers that didn't quite make this list, but when he covered uh, Chevy Chase's version of "You Can Call Me Al," oh was right, so good. It's such a good. It's like a really great recording of Chevy Chase's "You Can Call Me Al." <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest. By the way, in the eighties, as a kid. I knew Chevy Chase far better than I knew Paul Simon. I had no idea it wasn't his song for at least some amount of weeks. So I'm, I, I think, I think there was a good amount of time that I thought Chevy Chase was Art Garfunkel <laughs> because of that video. <laughs> I just didn't know. Right. I mean, my mom always referenced Simon and Garfunkel and then this guy was playing saxophone, I think on, in that video. So that was also back when I thought videos were happening in real time and not recorded. But anyway, let's not talk about me anymore. Uh, all right. So a successful top five list. Jeremy, I, uh, you know, for somebody who doesn't get as into music as, as I do, that was a great list, man. You Thanks, did a great buddy. job. Yeah. Aww. I really liked it. Thanks. That's a lot of fun Thanks. stuff. Well, uh, we're going to, we, 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 we're going to riff real time for a sec. So can we make um, a playlist or something in Spotify and put these songs in it? Yeah. And then can we share that and let other people put their favorite covers in it? We can. So when we send out on Saturday, um, we'll put a list together and I'll have a, a link to the actual, our, our top five most interesting covers and uh, I'll make it open and shareable. So if people want to add theirs, they can. Awesome. Well, we yeah. hope that you add to it because nothing, nothing like a great playlist full of good covers. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to do a little bit different because we did miss last week. Uh, so this week we're going to do favorite thing on wingman this week or last week, or both. Dealer's choice. So, Jeremy, you get to choose uh, if you want to do this, last, or both. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to do two from last week. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Rules are out the window, boys. <laughs> uh, although, honorable mention to this week, the uh, the squirrels, the, the slow-mo squirrel guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's that just was, really, it was beautifully done. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched, I think I watched it five times in a row before even realizing I'd watched it five times in a row. And then <laughs> yeah. a couple more times after that. 
But for last week, I loved the Rube Goldberg Nothing But Net. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The, first of all, myself and my family, we enjoy the Rube Goldbergs in general. If you haven't seen the OK Go video, go watch that. Uh, yeah, there's they, yeah. Basically, yeah. go go watch all the OK Go videos, but specifically the Rube Goldberg one's great. It's great. Um, I like it because of the um, this this the span of distance. Like the guy uses his roof, his backyard, the river. But I've got a couple of weird. There's a couple of weird things. Like one, there's like a basketball court in the middle of the forest or something. Like I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, I've questioned. It really looks permanent. Like. If you watch yeah. it again, it looks like it's supposed to be there in the middle of trees. Yeah. So I, I'm curious. But the second thing, and I think I think you pointed this out, is that um, the guy is not happy enough. Yeah. Right? I think that's yep. his 3.1, by the way, buddy. I think it had to be. <laughs> I think that's what's going on there. I think he made a version that was really, really good and did that thing you know where you like you put on your iPhone, you start recording a video, and then right at the very end, to hit, when you hit stop recording, you actually then start recording the video and miss the whole cool thing you did. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, I did love that video, but it, I, that was my only takeaway. Is I was like, this dude's not nearly excited enough for what he just pulled off. I need his energy. Like he's at a four. I need him at like a nine at least. Yeah, he needs to go get the dude perfect guys for a little energy training. Yeah, seriously, because like, yeah, because those guys know how to look like what they just did happened in one take. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I don't know about you, but it is take. It took weeks before I could explain enough to my kids that they did not, in fact, do that on their first take. And <laughs> while they are quite talented at what they do, <laughs> they don't have any particular skill at you know hitting a golf ball from a stadium into a into a basketball net from four hundred feet away. Yeah. No. No. For sure, they don't. No. Yeah. Cool. What about you, buddy? Well, oh, wait, sorry. That was just my runner-up. My real top one um, was the Haka, the New Zealanders. Yeah. Um, it's just like, for, I know you know this, the, the, but for anyone who doesn't, the, the culture and the, the importance and significance about performing a Haka is so important to them to do it as sort of a, a brethren being basically, I looked at it as like they're being America's wingman for that moment. Yeah. And uh, I kind of like that. It just made me feel all sorts of good. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so I'm going to do one from this week and one from last week. So this week, I'm telling you, man, everything's coming up kismet because this is unintentional. But uh, I'm going to do Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Like he, uh, the video we did this week of him um, were he sat down and had an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> uh, with this like really awesome dude, Emmanuel Acho. Um, I just thought it was like a really cool 13 minutes of like two people just being people and like being vulnerable yeah. and being honest and just letting it happen. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then yeah, I think that was, before, great. that was a great find. That was a great find. Yeah. I'm real. I'm really pumped. Like I actually think that was of all the stuff that's been coming out. I'm like, I want to see more of things like that. Um, but the week before, Man, like I, I think it it has to be. I just liked it so much. The unpacking Marvel post where it it broke down all the Marvel superheroes by their enneagram, like it just it was that for okay. me was like six full minutes of the world doesn't exist. I'm gonna pay attention only to this very silly thing, and it's gonna bring me joy, and it's gonna be funny. And you get to be like, oh man, my friend, you know, my friend Tommy's totally this, and Ryan's totally a super. Like it was, it's just cool. Like it was a cool sort of break from reality, and it's also funny because it's 
it's making, you know, I'm a comic guy. I like the Marvel movies and it's really neat to sort of make them even more real by bringing them into stuff that you associate with. It was kind of fun. I thought it was a good time. Nice. So Jer, That's what are you excited time. about? Anything coming up? Uh, I am excited. Well, my kids, uh, school's coming to an end, although I don't know what that actually What's means school? these days because it's not like they were going anyway. Um, but the virtual school is coming to an end. So some good family time coming up. And we just got ourselves a little backyard trampolini. So we're going to be uh, bouncing about for a little while. So that should be fun. How about you? Uh, you know what, man? Just hanging. I'm just I'm just hanging. We're, uh, we're going to... There's no like, you know, it's, I haven't watched like the Jordan thing was so sad when it ended because I was like, I do miss sports. Like I'm finding myself, especially now because they're teasing because it's like, oh, the NHL is coming back and the NBA is coming back. And you're like, awesome. And then you read it and you're like, oh, in August. <laughs> like, it's like, that's right. not that's not now. That's that's later. That's so later. So I don't know. Maybe I'll watch golf or something. I should probably just hang out with my kids. That's it, man. All right. Three dot one in the books. It's been great chatting with you, buddy. Have a great week. Thanks for letting us be your wingman, everybody. 